0: Well, hello there. Welcome to Art House Radio. This is your host, as always, Troy Ramos. I am broadcasting or recording live, I guess, at this moment anyway, uh, from Ann Arbor. What am I doing in Ann Arbor? Just mind your business. Why do you need to know everything? You don't have to know everything about me. Uh, If you followed me on Instagram, you might have an idea. Troyston D. Um, Yeah, so it's very cold this week. Um... It's one of those weeks where I wish I was in Cuba. Not ideologically speaking, I just mean the weather, or maybe even Florida. I don't know. Florida's kind of a weird one, though, isn't it? It'd be nice if we had like a Los Angeles or a San Francisco on the eastern side of this this uh, this country, as we call it. <laughs> you know, it seems like all the warm. I and mean, I'm about to offend all of the South here, uh, and I don't mean to, but I'm gonna do it anyway there isn't like a booming metropolis that's like this cultural capital on the east side, right? So if you live in Oregon, uh, which I have for a long time, you get to go down to San Francisco, you get to have nice weather, you get to go to L.A. It's, you know, it's the capital of, of at least a, a huge part of, of American culture, P- perhaps even earth culture, if that's even a word. Has anybody ever said the phrase earth culture? Because I think I'm the first... You might want to write that down. And make sure to give me credit. You're going to have to cite your source. Anyway, my point is that, uh, you know, Atlanta, Miami, eh. I'm sure that, you know, I've been through Atlanta. I'll be fair to Miami and say that I've never been there. <clears throat> my only um, sort of connection to Miami is Crockett and Tubbs. I just feel like everybody's doing coke in Miami, and everything's neon and just that's not my thing man it's not my thing like I don't I want to be I want to slow down you know I don't want to I don't want to be popping pills that make me go faster I want to go slower and uh I know that some of you for some of you that's hard to hear because you think I move slow already well have you ever thought about the fact that you move too fast is that possible I mean what do you do when you get up I mean you check your phone you're precious and then you uh you know, jolt yourself up with, with how much uh, coffee, two cups, three, four, it's a drug. Okay. I don't drink coffee. I don't do caffeine. I am drinking right now. Actually some wild sweet orange tea Tazau, Tazau. I'm, I don't know how to say it. Um, it doesn't have any caffeine in it and it's great. I, I get, I get high the natural way. All right. And and I don't need some sort of drug to get me through the day. Although I could use it sometimes. You have to wonder that if we didn't have coffee, would we be doing all this stuff? I'm going to let you think about that for a second while I take a drink. Any answers? Come to any conclusions there? Uh, The answer is no. So if you answered yes, you know, try again tomorrow when you uh, re-listen to this episode. Maybe get it off and download it again so that I get so many, so I get more downloads. By the way, let me mention this before I get into the episode, which I am going to get into because it's a good one. Um, the traffic has been fantastic, so thank you for listening. We're, you know, we're getting close to about 200 subscribers per day, which is, you know, when I started this little thing, I thought, nobody's going to listen to this. It's going to be me, uh, Santos, and my mother. That's, those are the only people who are going to listen to this. And then, uh, you know, it's gonna, I'm going to see three little downloads each week uh, for, you know, for each episode. And that's going to be it. Nope, not the case. Actually add a couple hundred onto that. So I just wanted to say thank you for listening. For uh, all the times we've spent together over these 52, now 53 episodes. This is episode number 53, by the way. So let's just get into it. Um, on the show today... I have someone named Marjorie Steele. Who is she? Well, she is a publisher at Culture GR. What is Culture GR? Um what does GR stand for? You might be saying for, stand um you might be asking. It stands for Grand Rapids. Uh and the uh if you go to their website culture.gr you'll see that it says conversations about the arts, conversations with creators in Grand Rapids. That, that pretty much sums it up, I think. Um I believe on their website it says they started as a project of the Kalamazoo Arts Council. Now, see, that's what I love to see. If you're familiar with the area, you know that Kalamazoo is about 45 minutes or an hour or something south of Grand Rapids. But you've got all this cross-city collaboration. That's what we need more of. Do you hear me, Detroit? Traverse City? Ann Arbor? You should be coming to Kalamazoo and Battle Creek and Lansing to see performances. Grand Rapids? Don't think I forgot about you. You should be coming down to Coldwater, Michigan to see Tibbetts Opera House. Do you know what Tibbetts Opera House is? You should if you don't because it's it's a beautiful little uh, theater in downtown Coldwater and they put on great performances. Maybe we can all go get uh, a few pints and get very, very tipsy at Dark Horse Brewery in Marshall, Michigan. Let's 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 just start interacting with each other. That's my point. And so I like to see this sort of... Uh, um, multi-city bonding going on. Anyway, we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about the arts and why it matters. We, we, we The question of why art matters is solved in this episode, in case you were wondering. So you're going to want to listen to this, obviously, because we figured out all the key questions to art and community. That's a pretty big statement. Pretty big one standing out there, and I think, I think you're going to listen to this and go, yeah, I think they nailed it. I think they pretty much wrapped up everything everybody's been thinking, uh, but couldn't articulate and and couldn't quite put their finger on. So uh, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be probably the most important podcast ever, I would say. So if you're listening to this, Mark Marin or Joe Rogan, you just might want to grab a pencil and paper, take down some notes. Obviously, I'm kidding. I'm not. You can follow them um, on Twitter as well at culturedgr underscore. Now I think it's underscore right the lower line the line that's at the bottom I don't I'm not very good with with naming these little characters it had to be frustrating to to go to Twitter and do culturegr and f- see that little username already exists you think what the fuck like who is who else has culturegr that's what I would be thinking I've had like if I put my full name in there like Troyston Troyston Ramos and I think who the hell else is Nate like how many Greek slash Spanish people like anyway you can all also, also follow them on instagram culture.gr ah that's 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 fresher that's just like the just like the website so you should check them out and listen don't forget to check us out either at arthouse 43 that's twitter and instagram you can find us on facebook.com slash arthouse 43 uh not a big fan of facebook gotta tell you that right now i don't get any i don't get very we have a lot of people who like our page but we Don't have a lot of interaction because i don't know i blame zucker nerd for this because he's you know they're determining who sees what and they've got their own algorithms and i'm and i know they have that same thing for instagram but you can kind of like minimize that effect i think you can kind of uh for some reason i see more friends posts on instagram and i don't know what the difference is between um the delivery system to put it in layman's terms, between Facebook and Instagram, but I like Instagram better. Instagram is my favorite. Twitter second, and Facebook I, I don't even I don't even want to be on there. I think it's boring. Uh, but I digress. So this is episode number 53. My conversation with Marjorie Steele. I think you're gonna love it. I will see you on the other side and enjoy. Look at that. Look at that tree. It
1: looks very Christmassy. This is the only part of the house where it's Christmassy.
0: Okay. All right. That works. Mine, not so much. That's okay, though. (laughs) I just have to hold my breath for a couple weeks and it'll be over.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. It's not super fun this year.
0: Really? No?
1: Uh, I'm just... I'm I'm normally a very holiday spirit kind of person. And um, this year, I'm just really struggling to get
0: into the spirit. Hmm. I don't ever get into it. So but actually it's weird because this year I was feeling like I should so I do have some Christmas lights up in a different room. That's as far as I go though. I don't do a tree really very often. No. No.
1: Well you know yeah, yeah you have to with
0: the kiddos you have to have a That's true. That's true. Or yeah. do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. You could be the one like family on the block where their ki- your kids are like, we don't do that, okay? We're different.
1: We're I mean, anti-consumerism.
0: <laughs> Fourth graders love that.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, I would be so pleased if I turned them all into activists and they came to me in fifth grade and were like, "Um, mom, we just want to donate to charities this year. I'd be like, oh, well, you know, if that's what you want.
0: Hmm. That's happened somewhere, right? It has to have, have happened somewhere. I don't know where, but some kid must have figured that out or said something like that.
1: Right, right. They send you a parent of the year award automatically if your kids do
0: that. Oh, interesting. I would feel that it was staged though. If I were <laughs> a teacher or whoever's on that committee, I'd be like, "This." it's like those kids who paint. Well, they, their parents say that they paint, but then they're like, oh, look at this beautiful painting. And they're like, oh, this is way too good for like a two-week-old. Like I think there's right. something going on here. Right. <laughs> I would suspect there was something happening. That's just me though. I'm, I'm, I'm pessimistic or (laughs) whatever the word is. So how's it, how's it going? What's what's been happening?
1: Oh, you know, lots of things. Um, I have been behind in my fundraising and I'm, I'm, I'm finally on a roll. I've got our major grant application for all of our um, foundation funding for culture, GR Um, nice and written up and almost Mm -hmm. ready to send out the door and I'm cooking up some corporate sponsorships and getting ready to do a a nice hefty round of fundraising.
0: Are these like renewals or are these new ones or a mix?
1: Well we're a startup and we just launched in September so they will all be new.
0: (laughs) Fun. Do you do you are those all like in the Grand Rapids area or are they statewide or
1: So, uh, the simple answer to that question is that they're, uh, they're almost all, uh, local here at True Grand Rapids. Um, our fiscal sponsorship is with the Kalamazoo Arts Council, Mm -hmm. um, actually, so, And we did that so that we wouldn't have um, foundation uh, funding stream crossover. Uh, You know, there was an organization, Grand Rapids, that wanted to give us fiscal sponsorship, but there was a lot of the same funding sources. So by going through Kalamazoo, uh, we could really concentrate on Grand Rapids. That being said. um, That's an interesting sentence. What?
0: (laughs) By going through Kalamazoo, you could focus on Grand Rapids.
1: Right, because uh, you know Kalamazoo is getting funding from all of their Kalamazoo organizations, wherever in Grand Rapids, um, you know there's mutual benefit. They manage something, you know it, it, it mm-hmm. works for both of us, and, and we can go after different funding. Um, but Kalamazoo does rely on some state funding, so there's some state funding programs that were you know a little bit blocked from, although we're so new, you know a lot of those state and federal programs like for you know like night um, like for you to be in an organization for three years before they even consider you. So um, we have some more kind of proof of concept building to do and those larger ones, you know, uh, state and federal, we'll need to get our own 501c3, um, so which we plan to do in like our second or third year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's um, so all of that to say that we're going after local for now and we have, you know, plans to kind of look bigger as we grow.
0: How do they determine when you start? Is it when you say or is it when you get recognition from the state for being an LLC or a nonprofit or whatever it is, do you know?
1: Well, I mean, what what we're going after is the date of our fiscal sponsorship agreement with Kalamazoo. Oh. Okay.
0: So, um,
1: you know, so we're we're under their umbrella. Um, we will go after our own five hundred one c three, which is like a six month process or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so. Okay, so that so it's there. There's something tangible. There's some sort of actual. Uh, happening that you can refer to as the starting point then it has yeah. to be like that.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we also have, you know, like our launch date and like all of our publications for, you know, our stories when we first started publishing them. So
0: do you notice that when you, when you started this, like the people you talk to or the organizations you hang around, are there very many arts startups that you, th- you think, or are there, are there, are there too many and and people just sort of fizzle out or is it that there aren't enough and, and there isn't really that much of a structure an infrastructure
1: yeah that's a really interesting question um uh, startups yeah in like the official you know like formulated and you know um, having expenses and you know revenue and actually operating uh, I can't say that I've seen very many there are that being said, there are a lot of things happening in the arts community well um Hannah Groman's gallery uh, Lions and rabbits up and Up in Creston is a new art gallery that she's started. She's been very successful and she's you know doing what a good business owner should, which is diversifying her revenue stream. She's got yoga and fitness classes in there. She uses a space for a lot of different things mm-hmm. uh, and and notably focuses on Grand Rapids artists exclusively um, and she's got some gorgeous stuff in there so so that's one startup that I could point to, but honestly and I shouldn't say this but I feel like the you know the entrepreneurial arts community which it has to be you know if you are an artist you have to be creative with how you make a living right Right. um but I I think that it's a community that is perhaps uh least well equipped equipped to um you know to kind of manage the business side of things
0: (laughs) because they're 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 I don't know. Their one side of their brain is arts, and the other side is business, and they're sort of focused on creating and making those meetings on time is is more difficult for arts yeah. types, perhaps. Yeah,
1: and you have to be both ruthlessly pragmatic and um, willing to compromise, and mm-hmm. those are two things that I think are are hard for, you know, the the creative types with a capital C, myself included. But I'm I'm a chameleon, and I can I can wear that hat, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. I I wonder. Do you think that there's a lot of people who talk about starting things but then don't? I mean that at least would be a significant if there's a lot of that that's at least a little bit encouraging. The statistics right. of w- of how many start or like actually go into business is probably yeah. way lower than we'd like to see, but it's good that that's out there. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think that it just, you know, it's, it's a level of training. Um, you know, the arts community is one that we should be actively like encouraging and giving more business tools and, you know, from incentives that we offer them, but just, you know, kind of the, the general, um, education, you know, it's a conversation we're always having at Kendall college. Um, how do we equip, you know, our arts and design students for the real world. And, um, I typically tend to march in and be like, okay, all right, this is how it actually is. Like, we're gonna we're gonna get our hands dirty, and we're gonna fail at some things because that's how it happens in the real world. Yeah. Um, so I don't
0: know. It's it's a struggle everywhere, I think. So it's not just uh, particular to this region, but it is interesting to think about if you're in a city. So, like, if you're in New York, or if you're in Berlin, or Rome, or whatever, you've got a huge audience there that you can tap into. I wonder if. I wonder if that's uh, a huge advantage for people in urban uh, centers, or if it's 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 uh, still the same sort of struggle as somebody who's in, say, Grand Rapids or Detroit or Lansing or wherever it might be.
1: Yeah, having a smaller built-in audience.
0: Yeah, and how do you convince uh, a, a region that's diversified in terms of their background? You know, you can go to Portland, Oregon, and where like they're ninety-five percent hipster. <laughs> and the other 5% are like just the people who keep the trains running. So it's really strange, but so you're working, you've got a stack deck there. So people are interested in that, but it's not right. always the case here.
1: Right, right. Well, and we have, you know, a lot of, um, new, like, you know, migrating, shifting populations, people coming in from out of state, you know, people leaving. Um, so, and we definitely have a smaller pool and, you know, those traditional institutions, uh, have for a number of reasons. Um, you know, just really struggle to attract those younger audiences, which are really critical to developing that ongoing, you know, base of patrons. Um, so yeah.
0: Are they interested? I guess that's my question. Are the younger audiences interested? Like you're not going to get, it's hard to get a, a group of teenagers to go to the symphony, but they might be interested in a gallery show. They might be interested in an, an art prize or something like that.
1: There's always there's always an entry point. Right. And then once and then once you're hooked, then maybe you'll try like you'll walk through a new door. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of been been my experience with it. I I think that I fit the demographic really well, actually, in that. Um, you know, I've always dabbled, kind of on the outside, you know, fringes. I'm a, I'm a writer, so I have my own, you know, proclivities, um, and don't consider myself much of an expert in the formal types. But if I have an excuse to go, if there's if there's something that pulls me there, um, then I'll get I'll get hooked, and I'll be like, oh my god, this is actually Rodgers and Hammerstein. So um, Nancy over at the Civic Theater totally hooked me on Rodgers and Hammerstein, which is funny because I grew up around thespians and I don't love all musicals it's not like my Mm. thing (laughs) um but they did a show of south pacific uh uh, last year, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and um, I got to go to her press junket and she was telling the story of her um, main singer who played the main guy whose name I can't remember. Um, and it was just, you know, he was an immigrant and a pilot and retired. And there was just, you know, there was major cool factors. And then, and I watched it, but I remember Nancy saying, "Now, the thing about Rogers and Hammerstein is that, you know, they're all, they're so subversive, you know, this is, this is the 1950s and they're talking about these things and like, look at how subversive they were. And I was like, "Oh." okay, all right. So I looked for it. And it, you know, I'm, I'm rolling my eyes, you know, two thirds of the way through it. And then we get to the end. And I'm like, Oh, my God, they're totally subverting the system. Like, this is all kinds of progressive. Mm. And, and, you know, so many of his plays really are that are that way. You know, I took my girls to go see Mary Poppins. Good and, one. Right?
0: Yeah, right. Of course. Yeah. Really?
1: But you get to the end and, you know, it's his wife who totally takes the reins and goes and and everybody's breaking their gender role or their, you know, their roles and their that are prescribed to them. And um, I was hooked. So I I think if you can give the millennial audience a story and something to believe in, they'll keep coming.
0: And it never ends. Right. Like every generation wants that story of. Where you are sort of rewriting society to benefit the masses, or benefit uh, whatever group you might find yourself a part of that maybe is has a history of oppression, or uh, you know, being sort of out of the mainstream, unlistened to, but with a lot of good ideas. So there is a lot of ways, I guess, you could could reach. I don't want to single out millennials; it's every generation that's yeah. young has to have an entry point, like you said. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And it could be it could be that, or it could be. Um, I mean, you're lucky to have art prize in Grand Rapids. So that's, I don't know what high school kids think of that. Are they, I wonder if they're bored with it or if they think like, Oh yeah, that's, it's cool sometimes. Or.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we have a 15 year old who he, he actually spends most of his time out in the boonies out in Nunica. So when he's, you know, here, it's, it's a little bit kind of like a mini vacay. He's always very fascinated in art prize and is just kind of, you know, wildly attracted to some things, usually the opposite. But you know, he, he loves the conversation. Um, and I, I always see a lot of teens going through, um, you know, in groups and uh, yeah, I mean, as with everybody, it, it, it sparks a conversation. So we are lucky in that way. Um, You know, those of us who, you know, live here as part of the art community, it, you know, it definitely percolates a lot of discussion in a lot of different ways. Um, But it's, it's a good challenge for us, which is why it's all that much more important for us to have conversation about the arts in Grand Rapids so that it's not just these insular little pockets so that we can all kind of find a common vernacular.
0: I think that's important for everybody. It's also, I'm just going to be honest here, it's also a little annoying. And I'll tell you why. It's so important, but it, it feels like if you constantly have to struggle and battle to have conversations about why it's important and you're convincing people it's important, it takes away from the platform of actually enjoying and creating. You know what I mean? It's like you're talking about doing something rather than actually doing it. (laughs) which I know that you have to do one to get the other if you're in that situation. So it's important and you have to do it, but I kind of just would like to go to a show and have things happening rather than the discussions that seem to have to take place too often in a lot of cities, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that's the case in GR, but in other cities here, I think it's probably happens more often.
1: Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, that's kind of the like more old school, traditional form of like arts criticism, isn't it? You know, we have to have the formal, you know, conversation. And um,
0: it's interesting, though. I like it. It's it's just that it's it's it, if you're in a big city where things are happening all the time, it's like you just you just get, immerse yourself in it because it's there. And I'm right. sure those conversations about why art matters are happening everywhere, even in L.A. or Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, it never ends.
1: Right. Right. Well, um, not to, not to plug, but that's,
0: that's,
1: but that's one of the reasons, um, why Holly and I have, um, made, uh, coverage and, and specifically news coverage and just getting information out there. Um, really kind of the base of, um, of our content. We have really excellent, um, say critical reviews um a a lot of them are just you know observational um and we do have some really really in-depth interesting conversations with um with creators but the really kind of the lifeblood is you know we've got a weekly newsletter and we've got we're just constantly curating what the things are that are happening um and you know maybe they're a little bit different you know i uh uh, had an interview with the Grand Rapids Poet Laureate. Did you know that we have a Poet Laureate?
0: I didn't. Who is it?
1: It is uh, Professor Lou Klatt. Uh, he is a professor um, over at Calvin.
0: Do cities typically have Poet Laureates or are those, is that like a national thing?
1: <laughs> think this is words, and I'm, I'm super ashamed that I didn't actually know this until I did research. I would poetry. never
0: expect you to know the answer to that question. That's who knows.
1: I, I it, like poetry is my background, I should know this shit, um, but I don't. And, but now I do. Uh, so yes, yeah, so we have a poet laureate. Um, okay. it's, it's like it's like a three-year term. There's like a poet laureate committee that selects one. He's actually coming up on the end of his term. Um, but that was just, you know, I, I thought that it was important. I didn't know that I should have known that I would like to know that. So we had a, you know, a fascinating conversation. And you know, there's some things going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's really the point in talking about Arts and culture is primarily to be like, hey, these are all the things that are happening. It mm. might be a lot, you know, more or you know, different things than you would think.
0: I, I wonder if people. I bet you there are so many things happening in all these little towns and cities that people don't take advantage of. You know, like um, this is a, probably a terrible analogy. It's kind of my thing to make terrible analogies. I, I, I went on an Amtrak once, and I've taken a. You can get a room on the Amtrak, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. And
0: at first you get in there and you think, oh, this is really small. I didn't imagine it like this. But as the trip goes on, it gets bigger and bigger. So you, it's sort of maybe like a hotel in Europe. It's small at first, but then you get used to it. Uh-huh. If you can just find one tiny little thing in your city, like a, a poetry reading or whatever, you don't have to like go to the opera one night and then go to the symphony the other night and then the gram another night. It could just be a little tiny thing in your neighborhood that's just sort of a little piece of uh, tear and whatever... Blinders you have on your your mm-hmm. your world, and all of a sudden you just go into this other thing, and that's like your your portal, portal, yeah.
1: yes, gateway, yes, yes, yes. gateway, uh, door to the other world. As I would like to think
0: of it, um. <clears throat> something like that. Where we, a poet laureate of a city, I didn't know that.
1: Right. I,
0: everybody should get one if they don't have one.
1: Right, right, and the next, the next part of my so that was actually kind of the first part. Um, I'm going to be doing a series uh, later in January on um, all the different um, uh, open mic poetry nights that we have. There are three that are weekly or monthly recurring here in Grand Rapids, um, so I'm going to go check them out. Uh, yeah, it'll 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 be interesting. Um, it's it's one of those communities that's kind of t- tight knit and, and a little bit difficult to penetrate, and you kind of have why. <laughs> my, my, my personal, completely, personally biased theory, sure. really talking about myself here. Mm-hmm. Uh, poets <laughs> tend to be, um, lone wolves and fiercely loyal mm-hmm. and,
0: um, well, yeah, I, Loyal to
1: uh, a specific ideology. Um, oh, and, see also possibly like a specific community people. Um, uh, I don't know that, you know, you, you, you have your academic, you know, community over here and then you kind of have your grassroots and they, and, and they don't really tend to kind of work together, communicate or cross over a whole lot, which yeah. Anyway, anyway, so I'm going to do some research into that, but that's my theory. And that's my hypothesis, I should say, and I'm going to test it. And, um,
0: that's a good one. yeah. I wonder if, if poets tend to be, uh, lone wolves because, You're really putting yourself out there, aren't you? Like if you stand up and if you get rejected, it hurts. I mean, you have to go through it, but that could be one reason. They want to be in some sort of comfort, uh, comfortable environment so that Mm -hmm. they're just getting, you know, like encouraging remarks. Maybe I'm not accusing them of of being afraid to venture out there, but it is a tough thing, right? Maybe that's one reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely um, one of the most vulnerable of the arts I would say, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I you know, Holly and I go around about this. Um, I, 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 shouldn't say it like that. We, we mostly just laugh at how we are different in this regard. Um, but you know, she and I are both writers obviously. Mm-hmm. And she's, I would call her more of an ambivert, um, than necessarily an introvert or an, or an extrovert. Um, what's, what's an ambivert? Ambivert is like you can like you, you, show exhibit qualities of both like an introvert and an, and an extrovert <clears throat>
0: in like different ways so I wonder what normal is like is it an I, ambivert
1: I, I think so i read a couple articles that okay. kind of indicated that like actually most people are, are kind of in between um as most things there's a spectrum
0: sure
1: um but holly's i, w- I would say ambivert and i'm i'm very much an introvert uh, I would say that I'm very much an introvert. I extrovert very well. Um, anyway, it, it's <laughs> Holly forgets this. I extrovert so well that most people forget that I'm, I'm an introvert. And, uh. and and so, um, Holly will be like, Hey, like, do you want to get together and write? And I'm like, what <laughs> together? And did you want to have a business meeting or <laughs> Just talking about how, you know, how isolated I'm like, I just want to go in a cave and like write for six hours and have everyone leave me alone. That's my problem. uh,
0: Interesting. Every time somebody tells me that they're an introvert or an extrovert, I always go, oh, nice. And then I have to think like, what is that again? Like, I know, I know what it is. I know what it means, but it feels like introvert could be so many things, right? It could be like at university when we were playing music, people would disappear for hours. I would go into the practice room for six hours. Wouldn't see anybody else. I got stuff to do. I don't need to see anybody else. But I wasn't necessarily anti-social. show Yeah. It was just that I had stuff to do. But maybe yeah. introvert is a, is a little bit of both. Like you, you need that sort of island away from everyone. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like that. How I understand it is um, it, it really comes down to where you draw your energy from. So do you draw your energy from being alone primarily or from being with other people That's primarily? All. Um, and right, which is why, you know, I think that a lot more people are ambiverts. It's a little bit of both. Um, you draw, certainly draw energy off of being yourself, but you also need to be around other people. I think that most people are kind of right there, um, you know, might. My partner Kyle and I, you could leave us alone on a desert island, you know, with, you know, as long as we had all of the things that we needed, we would be fine. That'd be, be just fine. So.
0: <laughs> you mean the two of you together or the two of you on separate islands?
1: Well, oh, preferably together. <laughs> I Because we're a couple of introverts who like being alone together. Um, it,
0: it'd be easier to fish, I think, that way, if you're together. That's my guess.
1: Role distribution makes things easier. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I, it's it's a tough call because like we are social creatures. We do right. have to have contact with other people. But at the same time, people are annoying. Not all the time, but a good percentage of the time.
1: I I like what um uh uh what she says on 30 rack. Um oh what's your face, Aubrey Plaza? I hate talking to people about things.
0: <laughs> it's true. They don't listen.
1: <laughs> no, they don't.
0: <laughs> so how can we get annoying people involved in arts that's the question <laughs> uh,
1: for uh, for me it's all about the story hook you know I just I always go back to okay what's what's interesting to me
0: mm.
1: you know what what's the story hook what do I find interesting so like Michael um erickson uh marketing over at the ballet reaches out and and because we I was getting assets for something else and he was like hey like do you guys want to do a story in the Nutcracker and I was like michael you're going to have to be more specific. Come on, pitch me. Give me something that I can work with. Like, hey, the ballet is doing Nutcracker again. Like, I, I need something better than that. I mean, yes, it's a beautiful production, but come on, you, you got to give me something to work with. So he was like, um, yeah, well, actually, um, two of our dancers who are uh, playing Clara and the prince, you know, the two you know main characters in the love story,
0: mm-hmm. are
1: actually married IRL. So, okay. Right. Yeah. And they had a baby last year. So I was like, oh, okay. All right. Love story, Clara and the Prince. Okay, we can do that. And it just totally changed things. And it was this perfect little, you know, it wasn't, yeah. it, it wasn't a critical review, but it was, it was a, it was a beautiful story. Yeah.
0: Who doesn't, doesn't love love story? For some reason, I thought you were going to say they were going to fight to the death. That would be <laughs> really interesting. People would come to that. I think they would go to that. But this is this is more heartwarming, I think.
1: <laughs> hey, you know what? We're we're getting more into the, you know, gritty community. You know, that's that that's why I say I'm going to I'm going to spoken word. That's a lot closer in that direction. Right.
0: Uh so what do you think do you, everybody is interested in something and they first do you ever notice that some people feel like that's something that everybody else should be interested in? So like we're, we like the arts, and so we think, oh, everybody should do this and do that. But people don't always think that. Do you think there's a way to tap into that in like a general sense? If going back to arts in the community, like, is the, are there enough people that can support the things that we think should exist in terms of institutions or whatever it might be?
1: There are enough people, I, I think, for sure, um, and we have so much support and enthusiasm for the arts community, especially in Grand Rapids. Um, but this is, you know, not to harp on them, but this is another one of the reasons why the millennial audience is so important because they're a generation who tells their friends and who invites and and talks and has, you know, conversations. Um, they're they're really the to put it in marketing terms, the content producers. Right. Um, <clears throat> so
0: content producers on social media, content producers. Yeah. In that regard or.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And word of mouth, just all, you know, social media producing their own content. I mean, that's, that's why we have, um, you know, so much kind of, uh, digital, uh, I don't want to say amateur, um, Kind of everyday person um, you know like looking at and examining the arts in different you know digital publications all over the place um, but it's it's all kind of you know most of it is fringe um, and it doesn't necessarily have like a you
0: know cohesive
1: voice or, or anything consistent
0: hmm. it seems like every genre in the world not just arts but business or whatever focuses on millennials I wonder if that's fair because it's, to be fair to millennials, anybody who is very young hasn't experienced anything yet. How could they relate to a dramatic play? How could they relate to uh, you know a piece of uh, a sculpture or something that's, that's talking about a commentary on I don't know war or whatever? Like how are they going to get Picasso's uh, painting on war? like they're, they're so young we shouldn't expect them to. Like, I wonder why they get such a, such a focus. shouldn't it be like 25, 30 year olds and up? Maybe it seems like that, that would be a good area.
1: Well, it I suppose it depends on where we're making our cut, our cutoff. Um, and yeah, I, <clears throat> when I want to get efficient, I will often like cut, you know, 25 and younger off in my demographic targeting when I run ads. Um, mm. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you could in, in the way that I'm thinking of it, you know, you could really go all the way up to 40. Um, you know, your your Gen X and Wires and there sometimes in the in-between. But it's I mean, purely from a business point of view. It's you know just part of being sustainable in your economies. That being said, um one of the core missions that uh culture GR is built off of is inclusivity and accessibility. Mm -hmm. So um You know, we can talk about millennial audiences all we want, but I think an even more important conversation is to talk about communicating to all of the different um, levels of socioeconomic um, strata and, you know, making sure that the arts are accessible to, um, you know, everyone, not just people who can afford to drop, you know, 120 bucks on Nutcracker tickets.
0: (laughs) I love the phrase Nutcracker tickets. I don't know why. I think that should be in part of their marketing. <laughs> which I did
1: happily, and it'll be super awesome. But um, it's also awesome that they did, like, a little mini performance at Kent District Libraries, um, mm. which, of course, has all of their programming free. So those are the types of things that it's also important to talk about mm. Um you know, hey, here are the awesome things that are going on in our libraries, and um you know, just in our own like you said, you know, kind of just that that local thread and our own local communities
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you
0: know. yeah, definitely i talking about those different- cl- groups of people from different backgrounds, I wonder if the goal for some people is to try to find a way to give them access to say museums or if the goal is, and it can be both, but is maybe the goal to have them sort of resurrect their or invent their own creative culture? Like, you know, uh, if you're in a, a neighborhood that's maybe not as affluent, like if, you, if they don't know anything about printmaking, say, right. they might think it's really fun, but they don't know anything about it, they'll never come in contact with it. So if they did somehow, if there was some sort of program or people just talked... And they had art shows in their house, that could be I mean that could that seems like it would be a little bit more genuine mm-hmm. in a lot of ways.
1: Apprenticeships, perhaps. So, yeah. You know, Grand Rapids has a really big um studio community uh just south of downtown, uh in the like Godfrey like warehouse district, um, along division in Granville. Um actually Holly and I are looking at a space in there. Um, but don't, don't, don't tell anyone I said that.
0: (laughs) Nobody listens to this. It's fine. (laughs) Um,
1: but you know, that's the type of place where, wouldn't it be awesome if like GRPS like connected, if like maybe all of those studios formed like some kind of neighborhood association or something like that and GRPS could plug into them and they could send like apprentices for like class credit. And wouldn't that be awesome? I would, I would, you know. I'd be on board with that. I mean, GRPS uh, is already super, they have a Montessori school, the new museum school, which is going to turn into a ten million high school on Jefferson Avenue.
0: Did you say billion or million? Billion. Million? Billion. Okay. Yeah. Billion. 10 billion. billion. I, had, I was about to say, that's quite impressive. So what is this museum school? What is, what is that? Is that a new thing? Is that like, uh, how prevalent is that in this stupid country we live in? <laughs> Sorry. I had to throw that. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Forget that. I'll edit that out or I won't. I don't edit this. Is that so, a common thing though? Like what is this?
1: Well, I mean, it's a, what do they call them? A uh, theme school. Um, is, is that the phrase as to how common it is across the country? I, I can't say Grand Rapids was one of five, ten. I
0: can't remember. <laughs> um, How's I think a museum a- school different than an art school?
1: It, so there's a museum middle school right now, uh, that is at the Grand Rapids Public Museum and that's, that's the, the, that's where their classrooms are. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, they work with exhibits. I mean, there's, it's, it's a great opportunity for a middle school because there's a lot of hands-on exhibits that they get to work with and, you know, kind of interact with. And there's a little bit of, um, I think kind of forming their own curriculum. Um, but then uh, the museum school just recently got the XQ Super School Americas, uh, ten million dollar grant to turn the old public museum on Jefferson Avenue into um, into a brand new high school. And the kind of campus radius will be like a two mile mm-hmm. radius around downtown, so downtown will basically be the high school's campus. Mm-hmm. So I, I I was in a few focus groups and we talked about a lot of ideas. I don't know which ones will you know matriculate, but. Suffice to say, uh it's definitely gonna be a unique out of the box experience for students who go there, so we're we're really excited to see that happen
0: That's really interesting like that seems like I don't know what's happened in the last fifteen twenty years in Grand Rapids, but it feels like all of once something starts like say art prize or maybe something started before art prize and that triggered art prize, but something got it rolling, and now there are all these little things happening off of other things. And then Mm -hmm. you've got this sort of snowball effect where things are just sort of accumulating now art wise.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, most notable, I think I think most local Grand Rapidians know this. Um, Others outside the city might not. But uh, GR Forward is a plan that was adopted by DGRI or downtown Grand Rapids Incorporated, which is basically our our DDA Plus, <laughs> right. plus, all of the other organizations um, has adopted a GR Forward plan, which includes um, a complete restoration of the Grand River uh, to a, um, you know, whitewater uh, and a state, natural state. And that includes a whole host of um, retail and green space development along the riverway. Suffice to say, in um, about five to seven years, downtown Grand Rapids landscape is going to look really different and really awesome
0: Hmm. that already looks pretty good i think but if it's going to look even better that's great
1: it'll be fun so yeah we have a lot of fun and important and exciting things lots of development blah 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 which is why it's so important for us to not forget to um, have conversations and talk about the things that matters and and uh, you know while we're investing in the city we need to invest in um sustainable you know parts of our culture and That includes journalism, which communities have really been struggling to, um, find a way to make sustainable, um, and to, and to keep around because it is important. And I just, I, I think that the nonprofit hyperlocal, uh, route is, is the way to go. I, 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 this model is kind of my hypothesis and, um, I, I really like to see more communities in engaging in, you know, Making journalism part of the community investment,
0: I agree with you. It does seem important because and it's it seems like it's uh for a while it was like local food, right, growing your own stuff, and then at some point, I don't know if this has happened everywhere yet, but it it's sort of transferred into other areas which it should, like art or you know community related things like why can't it be all of that? It doesn't have to be just food,
1: right. Right, I mean, this is our place, and it belongs to us, and the things that are happening belong to us and you know the media that we choose to consume and the way that we choose to ident- to identify ourselves and and communicate with with one another and find common ground, which is a very very important thing for us to do right now um you know for the for the community to take ownership of that makes that content and that conversation more authentic
0: you know. Oh. Yeah, I wonder if, speaking of journalism, I wonder if uh, the destruction or perceived destruction of these sort of larger publications um, will end up being not a good thing, but will generate some sort of local newsletter-type movement that will happen in small communities, like not just in Grand Rapids, but in whatever neighborhood you live in in Grand Rapids or in whatever city you're in. Like That that seems like it would be really interesting to know within like a half-a-mile of your house, like who's doing what, like somebody's got a project or somebody's having a barbecue, whatever, that kind of thing.
1: That's interesting. I mean, I know that our, our local heritage heritage Hill, um, neighborhood association is <clears throat> very cozy like that, but, but they're, they're kind of weird. <laughs> but that's what makes
0: it interesting.
1: I'm at heritage Hill. I want to be one of them because it's weird.
0: Um, wait, hold on but- there. Those houses are beautiful. Why, why are they, weird are they weird because they've got beautiful houses this is a jealousy thing
1: no yeah i'm yeah i'm jealous because i want to live there because they're all just very much like a lot of them have lived in those houses for a long time and it's heritage hill and it, it probably goes back to when heritage hill as a neighborhood like basically the better part of Heritage Hill was in the in the 60s was in danger of just being dozed um, by developers who wanted to put up the complexes. And so the, oh the community, God. it was it was a really big deal. The community fought really, really hard. They coalesced and they turned Heritage Hill into, um, I think, one of the, like they they started the historical district movement to keep it in, in so in 60s, 70s, it might have been in the 70s. So anyway, so people who have been there for a long time, um, there's a very strong sense of like ownership and and community there, um, which is beautiful and brilliant. Um, but yeah, like I've kind of house up there a little bit and definitely some of them are like, yes, do you want to live here? And I'm like, yes, I do do it. Like, do we have seances? <laughs> What's involved? I don't know.
0: I'm really interested. I was. I've always been interested in that neighborhood because those houses are so nice and old. I don't know what century we're talking—like late 1800s, early 1900s. But
1: yeah, uh, late 1800s. Most of them are like very early 1900s. Yeah.
0: I, I. How does this happen when, like, in any decade where they almost got bulldozed? Like, how you see that so often here, n- not just in Michigan but in like the U.S. Like, how does that happen? How could you even think about putting up a condo in like a beautiful? that seems so crazy. Like if those people hadn't mobilized and done historical related things, they'd be gone. Well,
1: a- and and a lot, a lot is gone. I mean, we, we have some, I can't remember, but there's some, there's some notable historic bu- buildings downtown that have been dozed. It's just, yeah, we, you know, we get, we get caught up in the moment
0: and, you know, the tyranny are, of now,
1: which is why we have to tell stories. Right, right. We, we have to we have to tell stories about things that are important to us that we should keep around.
0: Yeah, that's so important. So,
1: uh, you see you see how I keep bringing it, <laughs> bringing it back around.
0: That's what that's perfect. Well, I was <laughs> gonna do it anyway, but you beat me to it. That's great. I don't even have to work as hard. I was I was Am just, I interviewing
1: you, or are you interviewing me? It wow. doesn't matter. <laughs> Who's leading here?
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> So you wrote an article the other day about local shopping for, for you know, like we're this is the time of year where everybody consumes, right? They go out and they go yep. shopping and all that. I don't really do that. I know you I mean, you have kids, so that's more difficult. I don't. I, I hate it. You know, this is the time of year where I avoid <laughs> it if I can. Especially because I just think if, if I'm going to buy you a gift and you're going to buy me a gift, they're probably going to be equal in monetary value. Let's just call it a wash and not do hey,
1: anything. No, you, you know what? I want to start a fad. I want to start a fad for like adults who aren't like, yeah, I, I need like a shiny thing. Like, Hey, like I just donated like 50 bucks to Oxfam for you. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Merry Christmas.
0: Yeah. That, yeah, that, that'd be good. Or maybe like we could just make each other things, you know, like people could just, mm-hmm. here, I'll, I I can make whatever socks.
1: I used to, I used to do that in college. I, like just through all of my class because they were poetry workshops. So like ah talking a lot so i would just like i crocheted like this big like shawl for my best friend and i crocheted like everybody likings and that's and great. i know i want to go back to get my mfa so that i have time to sit and crochet everything for people
0: but in the article you're talking about how that's another example of how you can forget going to the mall or maybe even amazon i don't know if that's <laughs> blasphemy but Amazon whatever it is and just just keep it local like but especially buying art right yeah that was the point like yeah I have I have probably told you this before but I have this idea that if everybody bought three or four local artistic things a year say like a CD or a painting or a book or poems whatever it is eventually you're going to support enough the The best of the artists in your area are going to be able to make it because you're going to be right. buying stuff right and right. so, if you even if you don't think that, even if you hate artists, you're some sort of a Wall Street guy, you hate hippies, you hate artists, you hate that, all that stuff, there's an advantage to you doing that, which is you take that cream of the crop off the market. So they're not competing with you in jobs that you might find yourself applying for. So, when you both apply for that job at Staples, you know, that manager position, all of a sudden the artists are removed. Artists are pretty fucking smart. Yeah.
1: So you don't want, want to get
0: rid of don't, them. You
1: want this little hipster to take your job. Buy some art from them so that they keep doing this thing.
0: Yeah, you want to, don't like don't like artists or hipsters. Keep them out of your sight by buying their <laughs> art and just keep, keep a them hipster a off the
1: job market.
0: Right, it's, it's like an allowance. <laughs> but that's kind of what you're talking about, right? Just supporting the stuff so that you've got people who sort of emerge. Ah, this is a terrible thing. This is a different conversation, but you have people who will emerge as being yeah. like. Yeah. it's the self-sustaining artists yeah. it's yeah. It, it has yeah. to happen and, right? and who
1: will have and who will have you know authority yeah but i mean i don't know as a as a consumer my whole thing is i mean i hate being a consumer and i, I i'm i'm a granola really um I, I hate corporate you know cookie cutter so i mean Like I got probably 60 or 70% of my Christmas presents at the UICA um, Mm -hmm. or not uh, at the UICA artist market um, uh, last weekend, uh, including a good package of um, Christmas presents that my husband bought for me. (laughs) Um, But like, because it's good stuff. It's interesting. It's unique. It's beautiful. It's not something that's going to come from anywhere else. It's, um, it's just, it's better quality you know, I would rather have all of those things. Plus, it's, it's fun. And if you don't feel like going out of the house, one of the things that I didn't get into the article because it was already getting too long is, you know, we actually have a ton of local Grand Rapids artists who are selling beautiful work on Etsy. Like, Etsy is also a brilliant way to go local. Like, sure. just if you love someone, instead of giving them a whole bunch of craft that you bought at the mall, like, how about actually give them something that's, like, specific just for them and is, like, unique and fun.
0: Yeah. This is... I just had a thought, what are we going to do with malls? Like, there's a, there's a lot of them. How are we going to... If if this world shaped up to how you or I might want it to, what happens to malls? They're they're just like markets, right? That's basically what they are. They're like old days, England, 1500s, people selling beets and cabbage. That's basically what it is, though, right? It's just like sort of hyper... It's a hyper example of that. But what happens to malls if... If they go out, which a lot of them have,
1: um, as Wendell Berry would say, um, bulldoze the buildings and plow a field, interesting. <laughs> plant the trees. That's that's, that, that's a paraphrase. That's no, not. But
0: expensive. that's really interesting. That that's that's very definitive, right? Like, just that's, get rid of it.
1: That's what I would do. Wow. But it, But as I say, I'm a a granola.
0: You hate malls.
1: I, okay, look, I grew up in a small town. I grew up in Big Rapids. And I very distinctly remember when we had three local grocery chains, including one downtown. And then... Walmart made, we didn't even have a Meyer. Walmart made the infamous shift from Walmart to Super Walmart and then had groceries and everything. And of course, all of the housewives in town, including my mom, who I fought with at the time, I think that I was in like middle school or high school, um, was like, oh, we can buy grapes 10 cents a pound cheaper at Walmart. And I was like, you guys, you idiots, do you know what you're doing? And then sure up all of the local chains. So yeah, I don't. Um, I don't like them
0: sure that's 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 absolutely fair I I I don't ever go there I mean I I can't think of the last time I've been there but interestingly you lived in big rapids and now you live in grand rapids
1: yeah well I'm a sucker for rapids what can I that's what I was
0: gonna say like what (laughs) are are there other ones that you're contemplating
1: Uh, I might retire to elk rapids no I was just um, gonna say
0: that was that in Iowa or is that here
1: Yes, here we have. There is an Elk
0: Rapids. Whoa. Yeah, we have
1: we have many rapids. Okay. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I don't know what the art scene is in Elk Rapids, but you could could, (laughs) try it out. I don't know. It might be okay. (laughs) It's interesting to think about. Like there might actually be some interesting art in Elk Rapids, but we have this idea of what we think art is supposed to be, and maybe you know i I would guess that I wouldn't be interested in in a lot of the art galleries in a small town, any small town, but I could be wrong right, but if it works for them right yeah then they can like, they, they can shop at their own like little malls and whatever it is right and
1: like like if you ever drive, have you ever driven through the u p
0: no no.
1: oh so you uh, so you haven't seen there are certain sections of the up where you drive through and it seems like every other house has like a giant chainsaw sculpted sculpted sculpture of a bear a, a bears eagles um mo- bears with fish mostly eagles <laughs> it's like
0: are there eagles the up there
1: random objects uh yeah yes yeah, it's very much a wilderness.
0: So. Really, yeah. I find the UP very baffling. I, I it looks beautiful, and I've been I've been to the UP, but I've never driven like across. I've never been to Marquette. I don't know what I hear it's beautiful, but it's very mysterious to me.
1: I highly recommend Taquaman and Falls. Uh, it's one of our few remaining old growth um, stands up there.
0: Old growth meaning?
1: Uh, old growth forest. Ah,
0: mm, interesting. Trainer. Didn't they have a a little place at Art Prize that was for Youpers? Like they had like a little section. I think they did. Did they? Did they?
1: Oh, I didn't hear about that, but I would love to report on that. that yeah.
0: was- <laughs> they did, and I think it was. I was talking. It was an earlier episode I was talking with Kevin Beist. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. He was telling me that, and I think he even said, I, "I'm just. I'm not going to misquote him here. People can go back and listen. I think he said it was like." You know, mostly, like, paintings of wolves and stuff like that. But, like, he wasn't saying it was terrible, but he was just saying, hey, this is what they know, wolves. Which there's, is
1: There's kind of a specific canon of subject matter. Um, but, hey, I mean, do we have anything different in Grand Rapids, really? I mean. What do you mean? In terms of canon, well, I don't know. I I, I don't know that we would have quite as defined a canon here in Grand
0: Rapids. Do we need one? Do you need one?
1: Well. I mean, the truth is that every community has its own unique and specific culture. You know, we as humans are hardwired and designed to have a, um, a strong sense of place and self and that relationship between self and place and how that connects us with other people around us. So, um, yeah, I mean, Grand Rapids definitely has s- its own specific style. I don't know that I could define it.
0: Hmm. So it's there whether we're aware of it or not.
1: Oh yeah, always. It's culture. That's that's what we don't we never notice culture because it's part of being human because we just assume everything is normal, but that's 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 part of who we are. And we don't notice it until we come up against people who have different culture and then we're like, "Oh, wow, we're really different that way." You know.
0: I guess it's harder to to see it when you're in it. Like, we're, we're immersed in it, and it takes sometimes the outsider to come in and say, like, oh, did you know that you talk like this? Your accent's like this? And people are like, what? Right,
1: it's right.
0: Same thing with artistic style, I would imagine. Right. Maybe. Right,
1: right. right. I. Think so? I don't. I don't know. You know, when I become publisher of a digital arts publication in five different cities, I will let you know how they compare and contrast.
0: Five different cities would would be yep. all in the state.
1: <laughs> she jests. I don't actually want to be. I, um, uh, uh, Well, I mean, wouldn't it be nice if there was uh, some version of a culture GR in, say, Kalamazoo and um, Detroit and maybe Traverse City and maybe Battle Creek? Um.
0: That's interesting because I always think about how we don't talk to each other city-wise enough. Like I think that like you're in Grand Rapids, you're doing a bunch of stuff and I'm in Lansing and Detroit is there and Kalamazoo, but you never see people going to other people's stuff. And I think that's something we could definitely, that's room for improvement right there.
1: Exactly. And if you had something like journalism connecting all of those under, you know, one kind of regional umbrella, um, <laughs> what better way than to be like, oh, hey, also like, here's a snippet of news, you know, here's what's going on over in Kalamazoo. And it turns out Kalamazoo in Grand Rapids, really, we are sister art cities. Kalamazoo has, has a, such a huge arts community. Sure, yeah. Uh, just really, really vibrant, and um, yeah, Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo should have more of an arts bridge, and same with you know Detroit and Battle Creek has its own things going on, and um, you know then there's there's the lakeshore. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it it would be nice. Ann Arbor, obviously, sure, it would sure. be nice if there was a, if there was um, something that could kind of connect the conversation,
0: but yeah, because. The, it, maybe not for grand rapids but there are other cities where they have art openings and they're, the the turnout is a little bit low and you think well how are we going to get this city motivated well you can have people from neighboring cities come over it's like no place is really more than an hour or two away that's not that terrible
1: it's fun to go out people travel people, people travel for business i mean i i do all i've traveled to all of those places for business you know why not why not for an art show where sure.
0: where do you go typically do you go to the east side or do you stay on the west side um, for just whether it's for business or for pleasure, would you just like go to an art show or a performance or anything like that?
1: Mm, well, I should say I need to get out to Kalamazoo um, because they have amazing performances out there. Um, I've been to Battle Creek for like business a little bit, um, a couple cities up north, uh, and also on the lakeshore. Business has taken me out to Holland and Grand Haven quite a bit. Um, I can't say that I've ever necessarily gone outside of Grand Rapids for an art show, which I'm ashamed to say.
0: Um, I don't think a lot of people have like no. I I have, but that's because I have a lot of free time.
1: That's not true. I went to an over the Rhine concert in Ann Arbor and it was awesome at the arc.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a. Ann Arbor is really cool. They've got so yeah, much going on. I, know. I, I
1: heard Ann Arbor. Yeah.
0: I used to go to the blind pig a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you ever been there?
1: on their main drag downtown?
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's close to it at least. Yeah, definitely, it's in that area. Yeah, it used to have a lot of big bands like Nirvana played there, like before mm-hmm. they blew up and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. that was a long time ago, obviously. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't know if they still have like those types of shows though. It used to be a huge thing. Like we used to go there all the time, but I don't know that they're still a big thing. The Arc is obviously still. Yeah,
1: and and amazing. I saw it. You know, Andrew Bird at the like their main like theater there um mm. that they have downtown that was really awesome.
0: You know what I'm really jealous of when it comes to Ann Arbor is that they have a really good um they have beautiful theaters there for movies like downtown those two they're amazing. The one, the Michigan Theater in particular is beautiful. They've got two screens. They play so many good movies. I'm really jealous. I don't know if Grand Rapids has a good like no.
1: And were, well, well, we have Wealthy Street Theater, which is gorgeous and amazing, and on Wealthy Street, so closer to East Town than downtown. Um, but.
0: Do you, do? You, are they playing a lot of vintage films, or is it just like? In,
1: uh, yes, they, so they have a recurring um, kind of classics oh, um, theater, and and they do you know like local um, documentary like screenings and things like that. Um, so they're awesome. The UICA uh, downtown shows movies. Um, in fact, they've been doing like a movies at the UICA, not in the park winter thing. Um, so yeah, we have a couple. Um, we are getting celebration cinema is coming downtown. Um, so in a couple of years we will have like a movie theater downtown, but but wealthy street theater is beautiful and historic. Um, Mm. it's not huge, um, but it's, it's gorgeous. Um, but all the rest of them downtown, we don't, we don't have a gorgeous classic movie theater.
0: It's so important, I think, to have theaters downtown because it gives somebody, it gives people a work, uh, every day, something to possibly do.
1: Of course, uh, of, and I forgot we have um DeVos Performance
0: Hall, of course. Oh, oh sure, which is, yeah,
1: which is
0: you know nice. Um, but, but yeah, they they play, play like in, in at the Michigan Theater and the State Theater, they play like um I don't know, like interesting independent films. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, you can go. So many theaters are playing the same movies. Like it's and right now it's like I don't I know I'm not just gonna say like superhero movies. I I don't. I'm not against him. I see you. You're cheering.
1: But did you see Doctor Strange?
0: Oh, no. I haven't seen it yet. Should I? Oh, it's
1: so good.
0: I haven't seen it yet. I'm so sorry. I haven't. I. Tr- you know, this is unrelated to that, but I tried to watch Batman versus Superman the other day. Couldn't finish it. It was terrible. Yes.
1: It's that it's not watchable that one. But um, but yeah, DC they don't they don't know what they're doing. Marvel <laughs> has got it down to a science. Oh my God, I'm sorry. Yes, Doctor Strange. The Doctor will see you now.
0: <laughs> M- Marvel is like Spider Man. Is that did I got that right?
1: Uh, so Spider Man, the Avengers, so Iron Man, um, <clears throat> Thor, uh, Hulk, um, Captain, uh, mm. Marvel uh all
0: of those this next question may take us dangerously down the nerd path but i'm just going to okay. ask it anyway and,
1: and i and i should say i have to um okay in just a couple of minutes. sure
0: yeah absolutely but i was going to say that i've seen the avengers and it 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 feels like there's this uh in, i don't want to say infatuation but fascination with time travel or reality-based uh, alternate reality-based thinking or plots Right? Mm-hmm. Am I? Do I have that right? Because I, I mean, you, you seem like you you've seen all yeah. those movies.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's yeah, we're traveling through like space and you know time and dimensions and yeah.
0: Okay, so I'll, Doctor Strange, I'll put that on my list then. Mm-hmm. I I have seen Arrival. I don't know if you've seen that. That's a great one. Mm-mm. Oh my god, it's so good. It's it's sort of about aliens.
1: Oh, oh. But it's
0: very good. It's not like Independence Day explosions. It's very uh, cerebral.
1: Oh, sweet. Sweet. Well, we are babyless tonight, so we might have to go check that out.
0: It's but, so good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I will check out Doctor Strange. I don't know. We'll see.
1: It's, it's, uh, he's just Benedict Cumberbatch. And okay, I'm sorry, but he, his, his cape has a personality for reasons, which you will, you will see when you see the,
0: the movie. But
1: it's like, He's like Benny. He's like standing there like crying and his cape is just like wiping his crying.
0: tears. His cape you know? is cr- oh
1: No no Ben is is like crying and his cape is like it's okay buddy and he's like wiping his tears off of his cheeks. His <laughs>
0: his cape is wiping his tears without his control? Yes. Are yes. you sure? Yep. <laughs> Who's the star here?
1: Benedict Cumberbatch.
0: No, you like is it him or is it his cape? Because his cape sounds pretty amazing.
1: Escape is amazing. That's what I'm saying. Escape is like my second favorite character. It was fantastic.
0: Does it talk? No. You know, don't ruin it for me.
1: Just you, just yeah, oh, yeah. You need to say it. That. It's very good. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening. Art House Radio is brought to you by people like you, uh, sponsors, and other um, earthlings, or aliens, maybe, uh, who go to our website, arthouse43.com. They click on Donate, and then they make a one-time or recurring donation. Artistic and creative projects are never free, so support like yours are always greatly appreciated. I am still in Ann Arbor, Michigan, a beautiful little city. It's like a sliver of Portland. That's what it is. People are, I see girls with mohawks. I see beautiful vintage shopped out people walking around being nice. Everybody looks like they've had the right amount of marijuana in their system. Uh, it's beautiful. The downtown is booming. It's, it's very concentrated. It's very small. It's compact, but it's beautiful. Lots of great pubs. Uh, I went to Connor O'Neill's and Jolly Pumpkin yesterday. And uh, I've never been to those before. But there's also a place called the Old German. It's a great, great place. There's also a bar that doesn't have any signs. And you have to know somebody who knows where it is to go to. So you should check that out. also went into Literati yesterday. That was pretty fun. I may have seen some music for strangers things in there. I don't know. I don't know who's doing that. But it sounds like an interesting project, Uh, you know. I, I, would, I would wonder that this is just me thinking about whoever this interesting artist is doing these, these pieces of, of, of music that are just being floated around for strangers, written for strangers, loss of control the only copy of these musical slash artistic works. I wonder if they're going to start mailing them out to places and people and strangers in London and Beijing and Paris Could they? Could they do that? They might We'll see. Anyway, that's it for Art House uh, Radio this episode, number 53. It was a great one. Uh, I look forward to um, working with uh, Marjorie and Holly over at Culture GR for decades to come after empires have been built, artistic empires, and, you know, there are like several arts dictators. Uh, standing around telling people delegating responsibilities you do this you do that this is what you want to want to have happen in order to make a better culture is that the goal power it's always about power who are you kidding all right i've had too much tea this morning it's caffeinated tea but it doesn't matter it's still it's it's i don't know if psychosomatic is the right word to use but i'm psychosomatically caffeine induced uh ranting here can't speak that's okay It's kind of important for a podcast, but not today. It's very early in the morning. I'm trying to get stuff done before I go to UMA here in Ann Arbor and check out the art museum. You should follow me on on Instagram and Twitter, um, also known as Instagram, at TroystonD and at Arthouse43 as well. Um, I will be posting pictures uh, today and tomorrow, Um, so check them out. You might like them. I don't know. Just try it. I'd like to start posting more videos. I might be going live on YouTube I hate Facebook. Everybody knows that. I say it every week. Uh, but I might go live there from the page on, on occasion and just sort of interview uh, random people. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I think we've got one more episode coming up before the end of the year. Of course, that doesn't include potential uh, Culture Fridays. Uh, you know, For a while, it was pop culture. I did Midwest culture. Who knows what else I'll do. Maybe I'll do drunk culture and just get drunk and talk shit. That's what could go wrong. <laughs> Anyway, thank you for listening. I will see you next time. Be sure to make make uh, make sure you share. That was a terrible sentence. Make sure to share us on social media. That's all. I hope you have a great day. Remember that nobody knows what this is. Nobody knows how this started. Nobody know where, knows where this is going to end. I watched Back to the Future 2 and 3 last night, and my mind's kind of blown. I never saw them. Never saw them. And the second one was great. The third one was a little... Eh. It was okay, but I love the idea of creating parallel universes. And I don't know if in, in, in string theory or whatever, you can travel between those, but they did in the movie, and I like it. And uh, I love films that make you think. Still have that cheesy Hollywood-quality wrap-up, you know, kind of nice Disney-type ending and, and um, feel to it. But still, interesting ideas. Um, oh, by the way, uh, let me just ramble on a little bit more here. We've got Star Wars Rogue One coming out this week. Are you excited about that? I am. I'm not excited about the crowds. Like, I don't know if I'm going to see it on Thursday night or Friday. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll do a Star Wars Culture Fridays after I see this one, and uh, we can. I can give all kinds of spoiler alerts without telling you beforehand that I'm going to spoil it. Because, you know, why not? Who cares? Okay, that's it for me. I hope you have a great week. I will see you in episode 54 or on A Culture Fridays. Until next time, friends.